people of Earth and listeners of Living With Will, thank you so much for tuning in this week, and I'm incredibly ecstatic to welcome you all for a wonderful episode. This week's guest is not only an incredible hip-hop artist, but also one of the most enlightened individuals I've ever had the pleasure of meeting, and I think we're all going to benefit from this episode. As always, if you like the podcast, like, comment, subscribe. But regardless of all that, thank you so much for tuning in. Welcome back, and welcome to the interview with the one, the only, Fifth God. Mm, beautiful, man. Honestly, uh, you know, the topic of plant medicines and honoring the sacred and um, these spiritual practices that I've developed over the years, that's like the real meat of what I like to focus on in my life as of now. And, um, you know, the podcast certainly reflects that, and I hope to continue to reflect more of that. Um, but this is the stuff that really nourishes me so that I'm able to do all the other things that I like to do, as you've mentioned. So, yeah, 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 it's Fab Five Freddy right here, and I'm enjoying what my man Fifth God is laying out for y'all right now. That's right, pay close attention because Fifth God dropping knowledge. Fab Five Freddy, I'm in the building, baby. One, one, hundred. <laughs> Gentrification is the bitch I never get with. Gentrification is the bitch I never get with. Gentrification is the bitch I never get with. Never get with. Never get with. Uh. The other day, I'm stepping in my motherfucking building that I grew up in in my neighborhood of 22 years. It might look nice to the sleep pedestrian, but yo, the color has changed. Old white bitch looking at me like, I don't belong here. Bitch looking at me like, how and why? I pulled out the key on the uh-huh, whole uh-huh, yo, Knowledge yo, yourself, yo, nigga. Why I got the science to make my starting point the bright sky? Claim Caucasian, the duck probation, that's a white lie. Sever ties from the devil's pile with the rhymes I memorize. Step aside, pop culture, but Pulitzer when I sketch a line. You the bathroom it, real estate accident, the expert. You flush the greens on the drain and chose skin as the network. You Jesus walked until your legs hurt. Then first class in school of hard knocks. Graduated from stealing from mom, the purse snatching. That violent style done got us wild enough to hurt cops. Hip hop was dead and resurrected when my first drop. Figured the game out, I shirt lock scrimmage just. Sure shot, go with the text like silicone Valley for the dinner, all my curbs hot Peeps stuck in four corners, candles lit, make street money Panhandling in pants, labyrinth for 90s, baby Came out the coochie, rockin' the coochie Give my mama a jacuzzi, Marcus Garvey and some Stussy Yo, you know what I never thought I'd miss? When I thought about bringing Fifth God onto the podcast, I thought there's no fucking chance This man's not, he doesn't have time He's not about to sit down with you I was wrong. And how fortunate I am to have been wrong. I spent some time in New York and I figured, you know, listen. In an interview like this, it'd be a waste if I didn't tell you a little bit of backstory. I spent some time in New York as an outsider looking in on the beauty and the wonder that is New York hip hop culture. Um, I was able to immerse myself in it and I was able to make some great friends and see some incredible art and some some wildly entertaining shows. But there were some individuals while I was there that were larger than life. Mad Wiz, Radimus, Mogul Club, IOD, 
Devon, Cypher League, Rat King, Solomon Fi, Illusion, Apostrophe, Science, Lachashal, Sindor, EVA. These are some of the names that you would hear if you were living in New York and you had your ear to the street and you knew what the fuck was good. <laughs> to have any of these people appear on my podcast would floor me. The fact that I already have two of them is outstanding. And the fact that Fifth God, the man himself, was willing to take an interview with me, i it's one of the highlights of my life. Um... I would be running around with people and it would just be like, you'd hear a story that he'd taken part in a, in a shoot or that, you know, he was taking a trip to South America to study plant medicines or that he was working on the fifth tape. One of, in my eyes, one of the greatest hip hop productions ever put together. And without giving too much away what we're going to discuss, if it hasn't been made aware yet to you as a listener, this podcast is very engaged in trying to create conversations that can help push us all forward. And, you know, while I try to keep it light and and have fun sometimes, I always try and maintain that. You know, I'm trying to help, and I'm trying to do something here where I I bring people on that I think can help you on whatever journey you're on. And to have someone like Fifth God come on and speak with me, I think we're all in for a lot of learning and uh, and I couldn't be happier for us all. And also be sure if you enjoy listening to Fifth God here, go tune in to his podcast, Masters of Ceremony. It's an incredible interview series podcast with some incredible guests, and you will not be sorry. So that podcast, again, is Masters of Ceremony, and enjoy the, the interview with Fifth God. Thank you all so much. Put on your seatbelts, lock in, you know, focus on the road. Take a seat, smoke a J, crack a brew. We're in for a great one. Welcome back to Living With Will. Yo, you know what I never thought I'd miss? Walking down Franklin Ave and not being able to walk down certain blocks cutting through. Shit's crazy, yo. I get out the train on Franklin on the, on the, on the 4 train and I just see a whole bunch of different shit. I can buy all the milk at the stores Work. and all that. What's up How with that? I feel? I'm God made magic. I raise average. Rain catcher, king shine light, lane crafter. The city focused on cream and gold crowns. I'm busy making these dreams below grounds. It's real. This bling, no diamond. It's all timing, all mining. Remove all pressure. We all shining. It's all matter. We all gon' eat. It's all platters, all water. Big like bowl, just more fatter. Word. Ride a miss till fifth to pour a drink These times be time wrong These songs are small fish, let's move The planet of Brooklyn don't look the same They blocking us from our blocks Jocking us out our fame It's simple, we on a plane Simple and plain, it's plain proof The proof is our hoods got newer names Insane, this new generation Don't see the change, they aiming is aimed off, yo miss, we got that range got yeah. Remember what you said to me If you can't sleep Worry about the next meal you gon' eat Or the next bill you gon' meet Wondering if we can stay for good Living in this neighborhood Okay, so I'll start us off, you know, um, we share, our, our connection stems through music, right? I think I first 
mm-hmm. met you and heard about you through Devon at yep. um, over at Jojo Records. Look, fucking much love to Devon, and then also through IO. Um, Definitely. Yeah. So being that that's the case, you know, I want to take it to the beginning with that, and I wanted to ask you, you know, how did you get into music, and and who introduced you to it? Oh man, music in general. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> That's a whole journey in and of itself that would probably take a while to explain, but I'll try to give you a shorthand version. But <laughs> basically, <pretty> uh, <laughs> basically, growing up, you know, um, I'm the youngest of five boys in my family. Mm-hmm. So I have four older brothers, and uh, I'm the youngest, right? So growing up in the 90s, I was seeing my older brothers just do everything the typical New Yorker was doing in the 90s, you know, breakdancing, skateboarding, listening to Wu-Tang, listening to all types of obscure hip-hop. And I kind of just soaked all that up as a child. So I would say, like, hip-hop music was presented to me at an extremely young age through mm-hmm. my older brothers. And uh, I just instantly fell in love with it. I knew that it had a certain energy and presence that differed from other genres of music I was hearing at the time. And... Uh, it wasn't like I was also just being exposed to hip-hop on the radio, you know? It was like I was hearing the real underground cassettes that my brothers would be bumping in their cars and at home that they would be breakdancing to. So from a young age, uh, I really just felt attracted to and also curious about the entire culture of hip-hop, not only the, the music side of things. But as uh, I grew older... Um, you know, and, and as I said, I, I don't want to make it too long of a story, but as I grew older, I definitely felt like I wanted to get involved in music in some capacity. And uh, <laughs> something most people don't know, except for some of my close homies, like Blank, um, is that when I was like 14, 15, around there, I wanted to be a rapper. Mm-hmm. And I uh, tried that out for a bit. And I used to write, and I, I, sometimes I still do write, you know, maybe more in the form of poetry now. But, um, I quickly realized that that wasn't my path and that Mm -hmm. I wanted to contribute in a musical manner and in a different way. And by the time I graduated high school, um, I felt a deep attraction to more of the behind the scenes sides of things, specifically when it came to audio engineering and the people who were mixing these records and doing all the technical stuff and also the people who were serving as record producers in the original sense of the term, not record producer, meaning beat maker, but record producer, meaning the person who is guiding the overall creative direction of the song or album. Um, people like Quincy Jones and Tom Dowd and, uh, all the, all these, all these different OGs, you know, who are kind of a little bit behind the scenes, but, were some of the people who were actually most important in the process of certain classics, you know? So yeah, I went to school for audio engineering, went to university of new Haven for a year. And then I transferred back home to long Island, went to school at five towns college where I had met all of the homies who I'm still cool with now, you know, like the mobile club family, you know, history mm-hmm. and Madways, King critical and Adam is, And yeah, History and I went to school together. History was basically my gateway into the entire uh, music culture of uh, Brooklyn at the time. You know, he's the one who introduced me to like people like IOD and through History, I ended up meeting, you know, the whole Cypher League family. 
And uh, I guess that's kind of how me and you started running into some mm-hmm. of the same rooms and, and peeps. So that's just a little short summary of how music has led us to meet each other. And, yeah, you know, and your history yeah. with music as well. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It all tied in together. Mm-hmm. So what drives you as a creative, you know, um, what, do you, what do you think you pull from as far as not just your appreciation for the music, but what do you think drives you to create? And like, be take part in it yourself. And who are some of your biggest? Imp- I mean, you named a few, but yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think one of the biggest things that drove me to create and still drives me is um, just wanting to be a part of all of this beautiful art that mm-hmm. we see being created on the daily. You know, like I grew up looking at these different uh, artists in the game who I really respected. Let's say we're just speaking about hip hop artists right now. I grew up wanting to meet these people. And not right. only that, I grew up wanting to work with them. Mm-hmm. And um, I wanted to feel like I was contributing back to a culture that provided me with so much uh, nourishment and lessons and teachings. And I always say that hip-hop and, and music raised me as if it was like a third parent of mine, you know? So I kind of wanted to uh, not just take, 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 but also give back a bit and... I saw that becoming a creative artist in this field was the best way to give back and show that I really cared about this culture. So, um, you know, when I uh, really started making music seriously with my with my bro, Blank Noriega, who's an incredible producer, um, he's producing tracks for ILD, for Adam is, for History, for all of them, you know, mm-hmm. and um, a bunch of others. Him and I were like really partners in crime and uh, we're just hang out every day and speak about this dream of just like making an album that consisted of all of our homies but also some legends in the game who we really respected and um this is what eventually turned into my debut album the fifth tape and i was really uh i was really in a state in my life this was back in like when i was 19 20 years old where i was feeling that uh, creative desire to create as we speak to and i was just sending hail mary emails to uh different different artists you know who i had never met and who certainly didn't know who the hell i was but you know people like sky zoo and for hey, nice abs Ab- soul love like, that tragedy Gaddafi, like all these different people yeah and um I was in a state of like, I got nothing to lose. And I think because of that and the way I was like writing these emails to these people, I mean, almost every single person I attempted to get on the project ended up being on it, mm-hmm. you know? So like, That's insane. so like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it wasn't saying that for sure. It is, to this, it is to this day. Like I remember like hearing a beat that Blank had made and I said, I want to get Dash and Absol on this beat, you know? And like, mm-hmm. I knew... I knew Dash was possible because we were kind of running around some same circles and I did some work for him. But at that point, you know, this was like post control system Absol. Um, leading into like when, when Absol was working on uh, the These Days album. Mm-hmm. And I just sat in my car for about like six months listening to this one track that Blank had produced just envisioning Absol rapping on it, not knowing how the hell I was going to make it happen. And uh, there's a lot of different aspects that go into the story of how it eventually happened, but um, it actually manifested. And 
it was a really beautiful moment for me. And I bring this up because I had such a strong creative desire to uh, be a part of this culture that I feel like I kind of willed my way into the industry without having any prior connections. So the, the inspiration that I feel to create is to consistently uh, be a part of something that I think is so beautiful and uh, wanting to contribute and also maybe sometimes I have uh, a little bit of FOMO when it comes to uh, hip-hop culture. You know, I don't mm-hmm. want to only be uh, receiving the music, which is just as fine. Right. You know, I am, I am mm-hmm. a fan at the end of the day, but I feel like uh, I care about it so much that I want to contribute. So that's definitely one of the biggest motivating factors for creating this music for me. That was a profound and awesome answer. First of all, the fa- I love it because you you visualize you kind of visualize your dream for something and it happened. And I and I think it's really important that people hear that that it does happen sometimes where like you want something bad enough and through whatever crazy ways. And I'm sure like the full story of how Absol and Dash got on that track. But like when you really when you visualize something, you don't know how it's gonna happen. But if you mm-hmm. if you work for it and if you put in the necessary time, it it happens sometimes, like it can happen. Seventeen more minutes, nigga. You ain't fucking know. Yeah, it's all, yeah, it's all. Finger paints off on the paper, got the joint tasting light. Now or later, I fucking now and then she shower later. All of my powers seem to cower haters Cause sparrow, get my flowers catered We don't deliver in case you ain't hearing me, nigga It's clear to me, nigga Most of these rappers ain't what they appear to be I'm who they here to see, nigga It's only Kevin Dent Grandmother say my style like heaven sent But I still fuck hoes, get bent Dig hell is my home address I'm a loaded guest Rolling through your city in a stolen flex Hold get flex while I choke the chef he overcooked the meal Battle scars on the whip I named the seal We by the field Dark liquor niggas who's trained to kill Cracking the seal on the brick Measure and pour my fix Prescription beverage Give me leverage on the bars that I pick Mentally sick Shit I'm criminal minded Lost my brain Leave a message on my line if you find it Motherfucker Tank of gas. I light a match and write a rap. You ask why? It's cause I blew up just like the sky. Clever, yes, sir. Bet your bottom dollar or your favorite pair of red bottoms. It's not a problem. I don't give a fuck. No condom will be needed. You looking for luck. No skill or preparation to receive it. Kill the plastic off the pack of ports. Took a drag and ashed it. The apple of your eye is probably last night's applesauce. Jack your apple for less than a bowl of apple jacks. Real hip hop. You rabbits had just been jacking off. These days I'm getting high enough to bite the clouds. I 
don't know which way is up, but it's going down. And it's a blank beat, like not a sound. Yeah, shut up. This shit is a prank. She fucking for Nikes, just keeping it frank. I'm the one, but I'm keeping the franks. I get video stank, fill me with thanks. Or I'm leaving your wifey like Hillary Banks. Watch your hubby go down the channel. Trigger finger, the shit I can't handle. Try to blow an IRL and a URL. Without going D4L, this is Brooklyn pussy, get the details well. Hookah hogging, Henny hooding, eyes italic for mixing both up. Nasty like I'm doing it for ill will, still put a meal, not a pill in the pockets. I'm a real, 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 he ain't spread it, can't he think he not the man? Sage in my hand, fucking roasted. No clean in my mind, I got too many plans. You made me confessing to God. Yesterday I could've did, died. I was supposed to go a couple years ago, alright, so I could stay alive. I mean, you just, you just can't be afraid to have the conversation. You gotta be open to it at all times. Whether you afraid to speak or not. If I'm not here for you, God is. God's always open to conversation. I'm your brother, I'm always open to conversation. Be free. Be free. I'm about to write a book on y'all niggas, right? Yeah. That's just I'm really I'm really grateful for your answer and also grateful that it I was like wondering how I was gonna transition from one topic to the next. And you just <laughs> as you were answering the question, I was like, this is what I love about podcasts. Because people just like, for some reason, they just, when they answer questions, you're like, oh my God, this is perfect. He's literally going to leave. But anyways, this is just me yeah. rambling. <laughs> no, I, I, as a podcaster, I know exactly what you're referring to. Yo, wild. Yes. I'm a, there's going to be some things I'm going to say where it's just like, I'm, I'm so glad that you also do this so you can relate. But I, I have a lot to learn about as myself and I have a lot of growing to, to do as a person, right? And one thing I'm trying to do is speak more with intention. And really just explain in the similar ways that you were listening to Absol so much and you could see or you were listening to the track with him in mind and you saw him on it. I have like a vision for myself as well and I'm trying to realize it and just as I get to know myself better, I learn more how I can visualize my dreams, you know. And um, listening to your podcast is one of those things too. Um, But, uh, you know. I'm trying to – and so what what I was saying with the ways that I'm working on myself, what are some of the things that – you know, you're trying to understand better about yourself right now and within yourself. Mm. Wow, thank you, brother. That's a, it's a beautiful and deep question because uh, that's a question I ask myself sometimes, you know, like, what am I working on right now? Because sometimes you can get so, like, sucked into the matrix of, mm-hmm. like, just being in a routine of working on something that Seriously. you don't consciously think, like, Oh, what am I actually working on or working towards or what are some things I need to work on? Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, I'll, I'll just maybe give a response of something I'm working on like in this moment as of like today in 2020. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is becoming really clear on what I want and actually being able to articulate it clearly to myself because I was having this conversation with a friend of mine this week that usually the roadblocks people face when it comes to achieving their goals 
is not the grandiosity of the goals themselves, but just not having a clear specification of what they want. You know, mm-hmm. it's like if, if you don't know exactly what you want or what you're striving for, you're kind of going to get taken in, in any direction the wind takes you, you know. And uh, although I am someone who, you know, throughout uh, throughout my journey, there's definitely been moments where I'm super focused. And I know exactly what I want and what I want to achieve and the things I need to do to do that. I've definitely also have been someone who um, has had moments where I don't know exactly what I want and I don't know exactly how to take that next step. And, uh, you know, right now I'm doing this podcast, Masters of Ceremony, as you've seen, and I'm sure we'll discuss. And, uh, you know, I've gotten into a good rhythm with some of the interviews and the production of it. And I'm still exploring and experimenting, but I'm working on right now personally getting really clear on what I want to achieve regarding this podcast and uh, the steps necessary to to do it. And outside of like a... um, career-oriented answer um <laughs> something something else i'm working on just on maybe a, a spiritual level and personal level is um really expressing my most authentic self without any uh without any apprehension you know mm-hmm. like really really being who i fully am and not having any anxiety about sharing these different aspects of myself and uh i bring it up because as as maybe you've known just from following me online um i'm not someone who easily fits into a box you know i'm like super into hip-hop culture and like you know some of the more hardcore side of things in, in street culture and everything then i'm also really into spirituality and herbalism and natural healing and uh I think it throws certain people for a loop sometimes because they may see me, you know, uh, like shooting like a crazy video for my boy history or something, you know, like see me doing crazy work in hip hop. But then they see me like having a discussion with a shaman or something, right. you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, <laughs> and for me, and for me, sometimes I've even been a little shy about that. Like, Oh, like, you know, society always wants to put people in a box so they can label them. And I have found that I don't fit into any of these boxes. What I'm realizing now is that that's totally all right. And if anything, that's actually my biggest blessing in life is that I'm not uh, unidimensional. So that's something I'm definitely working on as well. It's just continuing to express all of my interests, knowing that they all don't need to uh, make sense with one another. Hey, yeah. Temple, cough your lung, I cross me, job forbid you My hustle's polished, take the abolish, hope the gods forgive you I sip like prohibition, coalition, confidential I slip the potent in the potion, cap the chromium pistol We can't be homies, dog, they pulled your car, please unofficial Unless you got it, flying by your head like knowledge out the pencil I threw some mileage on this rental, fuck y'all trying to get into you. Promise I'll never change, can't promise that I won't forget you <laughs> Yeah, look, 
yo, we really recognize this real king And you ain't really real enough to feel it, yeah Man, he told this fuck exactly what these feelings did Yo, Oxycontin, Codeine, Vegas, Soda, Holy prayers, backwards motives Packed to that bonfire by Union Square My bitch still holds that heat if I need her New product sponsored by Nina New occupation, she's the Spotify pleaser My pops taught me how to bust a shot That nigga did, my mama found out circle around the block She whipped my ass two hours later outside open shop Ain't have to search, I had to work, I had the money plot Step back to the money shot, bet the corner off the lot the cleanest thing on the scene The meanest engine you can fit in the Jeep The dopest dope your ass just might ever smoke Straight to the cranium, it's funny Though that was just fun to sing And like Damien, young wild spontaneous Black driven and money motivated Shit, if I wasn't me, I probably always hated Keep it honey, I feel your plate partner In fact, I even almost felt you up when that mic started So high off that hype, bought it, just pipe down a go cold turkey Quit the whole operation, no one even known your jersey You played the best from the streets to the league, nigga, we know the stats Keep it real, you ain't seen clutch moments Just person snatch, misdemeanors, people demeanors Somehow I know this facts I got a bitch round your way, I fuck you so relaxed I'm often so detached, can't find a reason to give a fuck So if you see me, slide it at 2am, hope you know what's up We really recognize this real kid You ain't really willing not to fuck that kid now you ain't really feeling nothing like that, yeah. And you told this fuck exactly what these fellas did. Yo, 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 yo. I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm so grateful for the fact that you agreed to this podcast because this is the reason I brought you on is I think that the things you have to say are and will benefit so many more people because I'm just listening to you like, damn, I fucking agree with everything he's saying, man. Like, fuck. <laughs> It's crazy. It's really wild. And like, you know, what you're discussing too is kind of like a sad, uh, you're, it's your self-fulfillment and it's like your true self and, mm. and, and that you're like becoming comfortable with being who you really are. And I, I really hope that more people begin to do that. Cause I feel like a lot yeah. of people, man, you know, I mean, I'm sure you know this, people are just lost. Like there's 100%. Just, yeah. But, um, but on a lighter note, you know, returning to that path of self-fulfillment, like, Hearing hearing your podcast, like you said, Masters of Ceremony, and part of why I wanted to bring you on was to make other people go listen to that. Because <laughs> oh, I think, man. thank you, bro. No, you, I the power of healing that I've heard you discuss, and like just the topics that you share with, um, with your guests on your show as well, is really powerful. And I wanted to kind of just discuss a little bit what's the experience been like having your podcast and going down the or you know the the path that that's taking you on. Yeah, man, it has been, um, it's been a deep journey for me and, uh, maybe you can relate to this as well. I'm sure other podcasters can, is that, you know, people are seeing these, these episodes that I've been releasing recently and the podcast is a pretty recent, um, recent development, uh, at least outwardly on a public level, but it's actually been in the works, I would say for maybe even a couple of years now even though I just released the first episode mm-hmm. back in, um, I don't know exactly when, April or March. But um, yeah, it's been something that I've wanted to do for some time now. And that's because in recent years, I probably listened to podcasts just as much, if not more, than I listen to music, honestly. Wow. And uh, they have served as such a deep form of education for me in, in various different capacities. 
And, um, you know, I'm, I'm someone who I live out on Long Island, even though I do a lot of work in Brooklyn and the city, but I drive. So I'm like always in my car, right. you know? And, uh, yeah, when I really got into podcast heavy, I would say about three or four years ago, I just saw the, um, the amazing opportunity they provided to learning about certain topics and certain individuals while you have this uh quote-unquote free time you know while you're driving when you're on a walk you know washing the dishes Mm -hmm. you know when you're doing when you're doing things that you can't necessarily read a book or watch a video you could always listen to a podcast you know and um i think the position i have found myself in within our uh, circle of peers also has allotted me the blessing of um being exposed to so many dope creatives and individuals and uh also you know to circle back to what i was speaking about earlier you know how i how i'm someone who studies who studies so many different disciplines and um facets of life i i feel like i have a um pretty wide directory of people i can reach out to who can speak on many different subjects so i feel like it was kind of inevitable for me to start some type of platform that eventually turned into a podcast so for me i've just been learning so much about myself and about my guest on so many different levels you know just from you know i'm learning a lot just regarding the whole technical side of things even though i'm a super technical person i've definitely learned a lot just of how to uh make the whole process a bit more efficient you know i'm really uh something i don't think people know which is a big compliment is that i'm doing everything by myself so i did not know that that's um, unreal (laughs) yeah yeah man And, and you know maybe just to give a little context for people who, who don't know how much goes into it. I mean, I'm, I'm setting up, you know, these interviews with guests. I'm interviewing the guests in person 90% of the time. So, recording the audio, which I needed to invest into this audio equipment. I'm recording the audio. I'm doing a two-camera setup. So, I'm filming the interview as well, all by myself. And then I'm conducting the interview, of course, which takes uh, preparation, as you know. And then I have to edit and mix the audio, you know, which ranges from an hour to two hours. And uh, that is an entire process. And then I have to edit the two camera video myself. And I have to sync up the audio from the podcast to that and clean up any little mistakes and also switch back and forth on the video to the speaker. And then I got to make promo. And then I have to do all the podcast uploading and hosting and the web design and uh thumbnails for the youtube video and then the actual text of you know the captions for the promotion and as you are seeing i'm sure as well is it's it's a lot of work definitely <laughs> it's a lot is of work for one person and it's great yeah, yeah. I, I love that you're touching on this too because people are like will why don't you make a video for yours and why don't you do this? i'm like you guys like I'm, I'm learning, I'm learning. I'm, and I'm really grateful for your podcast too and the fact that you, you know, it's really interesting. We started our podcast almost on the same day. But yeah. you can hear, if you if you ever listen to both of our podcasts, the sound quality difference. I mean, you can tell how much more time and, and how much more knowledgeable you are than I am. Because mm. my audio is trash. But it, luckily, I have a friend who's an engineer who helps me. Shout out to Daniel Brooks and Goddess yeah. Sound Studio. Because I would sound horrible without them. 
No, man, you're making it work. And and something that I've uh, had to learn for myself as well is that, yes, for me, I, I went to school for audio engineering. Like, the audio is of utmost importance to me. But, I mean, there's definitely been some of my favorite podcasts or lectures I've heard where the audio isn't that great. But at the end of the day, if the content is good, right. you, you kind of forget about the audio completely. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of people are doing podcasts just straight on their phone or straight on just like, a little cheap like soup microphone or something and in, in my eyes it's like at the end of the day as long as you can hear the person and it's like somewhat leveled and not just jumping up and down in volume you know that's all that matters but but yeah man i mean definitely for me you know i i couldn't be an audio engineer and not make sure that the audio is top notch so i really appreciate that man and, and for you it's 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 really just it's a journey you know and thank god you do have your homie who can help you mix and everything so. yeah seriously yeah man no i and i appreciate that and you know i appreciate too that it's a learning process as a, as it is for me but as i'm sure it is for you like you were saying with there's always gonna be something where oh, you're yeah. like i wasn't prepared for. Well, let me ask you that though how what's an example of something that like like your one of your episodes where something went wrong, or so you had a you had a kind of aud- call an audible. Oh man, I've had I've had that happen not almost every episode, but it's happened <laughs> often. Um, <laughs> so like uh, I mean, just on a technical level, um, I have the two camera setup, but one of the cameras uh, has a thirty minute recording limit. Okay. Um, meaning like you have to re-engage yeah. the record button mm-hmm. every thirty minutes. Um, so if I don't have somebody there, which I don't, I actually need to get up and re-engage the uh, the camera. And there's been a couple times where I got so into the conversation that 30 minutes passed and um, there was a big chunk of the conversation where uh, that camera wasn't recording. I lost your time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 completely. You know, which, you know, thank God, I'm, I'm at least aware enough to have backup plan. And that's why I do have a two-camera setup where uh, the camera that doesn't cut off um, is the camera that is filming both me and the guest. So I could always rely on that if that happens. But that's happened a bunch, and I kind of realized that later. And um, uh, some uh, some other ways I've kind of had to uh, just kind of you, you got to roll with the punches as you're having the conversation. Something I'm realizing, and I know you're realizing it in this conversation right now, is that sometimes you have points that you want to bring up. Um, and you may have like a timeline of how you may want to bring up these points, but then the conversation gets started and the way the guest is speaking kind of initiates you to have to address something maybe earlier than expected or kind Mm -hmm. of, kind of right away, you know, (laughs) it's like the guest almost actually is the one dictating the direction of the conversation. Um, so I've definitely had to like be prepared to speak on something I wanted to speak on maybe earlier than expected, you know? And, um, also just be aware of like the energy of the conversation itself. Like, uh, be aware of, Oh, is this, um, is it getting a little dry in this area? Like, should I ask this question now? Um, should I just let the person keep on speaking? It's been, um, a great deal of practice of like learning how to be, just a good interviewer, man, and um, learning that it takes a lot of practice. Yeah, it's I, I love it, and I'm. It makes me like. I mean, see, you're like a jack of all trades in many ways. Yeah. You're like you know you're shooting you're shooting film. You're making the podcast. You're a producer. 
you're a sound engineer as well. I mean, you went to school for it, but are you also working as a sound engineer? Well, uh, maybe I would say for myself and for some of the homies. Okay. Uh, it's not something I'm earning a living from. You know, which you know, we right like now. you know how you you know what you're doing. Let's put it that way. Oh yeah. Definitely. So it's really yeah. cool for me being that like I always wanted to do interviews. Always wanted to be an entertainer, but like you've always been someone where I've. You were like a mythological creature. Like, you're doing all these things. I'm like, damn, VidCon's doing that too? Like, fuck, man. And then to hear you doing a podcast, I'm like, fuck yes, dude. If I'm doing the same shit that he's doing, I must be on the right path. But one of the things course, I... Man. No, one of the things I really appreciated you was, um, was on your social media. I'd see you posting about kind of your relationship with the sacred and, and mm. kind of getting to know more about plant medicines and sacred plant medicines. And I kind of wanted to ask how that how that journey began for you and, and what led to that? Mm, beautiful, man. Honestly, uh, you know, the topic of plant medicines and honoring the sacred and um, these spiritual practices that I've developed over the years, that's like the real meat of what I like to focus on in my life as of now. And, um, you know, the podcast certainly reflects that and I hope to continue to reflect more of that. Um, but this is the stuff that, really nourishes me so that I'm able to do all the other things that I like to do, as you've mentioned. So for me, um, I think being a first generation American definitely deeply influenced my, uh, my spiritual beliefs because, you know, my father is from Iran and my mother is from Jamaica and both of them kind of grew up in the countryside. So, uh, they came from a very different background than, than, the places you and I grew up in mm -hmm. here in the West, you know? And um, I say that that influenced my spirituality because I would hear some of the like older generation stories when it came to um, just different practices and, and different ways of life. And, you know, people who are really connected to the land in a much different way than we are today. You know, people who they had to grow their own food to eat right. and they had to, uh, if a child was sick, there was no walking to CVS. You mm. had to walk into the jungle and pick a plant to, to mm. help this person, you know? Mm. And uh, I think that even if I wasn't aware, knowing that my grandparents like knew about herbs and knew about these natural remedies, I, I looking back, I see how much that actually did influence me. And, um, you know, I'll circle back to this, but I would say eventually down down later into my life, I saw an importance of carrying some of these traditions and practices because uh, without, without this knowledge of honoring the sacred and having a close relationship with nature, none of us would be here today. And uh, the future generations may not be here either unless we and they learn some of these practices. So... Yeah, yeah, man. So I would say um, what really, you know, started my path when it came to plant medicine was, you know, there's, there's a typical archetypal story of uh, the wounded healer, you know, and I'm not in, by any means saying I'm a healer of any sort. I actually don't even like that title. Um, but I was, you know, there's this, there's this mythical archetypal story of you know the people who are able to help others need to first be able to help themselves and usually undergo some type of physical or mental illness themselves and find their way out of it and i can say that's definitely reminiscent of what happened to me uh when i was 
19 years old. I, uh, you know, I grew up, even though having uh, a Caribbean mother and a Middle Eastern father, I still grew up having like the typical uh, American diet, which is just trash, as, as, as everyone knows. Uh, you know, just eating junk food. And I was probably the, like, the pickiest eater between, uh, amongst my brothers. And uh, I was just stubborn, you know, and I eventually paid the price for that. Like, I, I ended up getting pretty sick by the time I was entering my 20s. And I was having all of this, uh, you know, pain in my stomach and my intestines. And I uh, wasn't able to digest food properly. And I was feeling really lethargic and low energy. And I really saw that something needed to shift in my lifestyle. And at this point in my life, I had a couple older brothers who were already vegetarians. And I saw how becoming a vegetarian for them uh, enhanced their lives. So I said, okay, let me give this a shot. I, uh, I, did, a, I did a three-day fast, um, which I was always curious into fasting, especially during that time. But because uh, I've seen some of my older brothers do it, and you know, fasting is something that continues to come up when you study different spir- spiritual doctrines. You know, it's just a form of giving the body a break and uh, really replenishing yourself on a different level. Um, I mean, this it's funny because as I speak, I'm seeing all these different avenues we, we could go down, but I'm going to try to keep it concise. Um, but yeah, I did a three-day fast. And uh, after that three-day fast, I could no longer eat meat, even when I tried to. So I was kind of forced to become a vegetarian. And uh, as I became a vegetarian, I eventually became a vegan. And uh, like fully entire... vegan, no cheese. Yeah. Damn. Oh, what made oh, you? Yeah. Make, what made that change from vegetarian so, to vegan? Yeah. So I mean, I did I did the three day fast, and um, it was a really spiritual, transformative time in my life. And uh, I, as I said, I tried to eat meat again after that. I couldn't, so mm-hmm. I went vegetarian. And then I kind of saw the more that I cleansed myself and took some of these heavier items out of my uh my daily menu of food the better i felt so i kind of just went all the way i was also dealing with some um breathing issues regarding my asthma Hmm. so um for people who don't know dairy especially modern dairy products uh lead to congestion within the lungs and many other places in the body they're very mucus producing and uh, when you have breathing issues, mucus and phlegm is like your worst enemy, you know? So I kind of just decided, let me give it a try. And I felt so much better that I just kept it going. And I kept it going for a solid five and a half years, um, which was super, super beneficial. But we can circle back to that as well if it, if it happens naturally. But, um, you know, this change in my diet, I would say, is what made me become a little bit more aware of the power of the natural realm when it came to plants, just on just on a healing level, not even on like a uh, entheogenic or psychedelic level yet, you know, but just on like a real practical level of learning, you know, some basic plants to uh, create these natural remedies. And I was getting super interest, interested in that. Eventually, my studies in herbalism led me to studies into anthropology and studies of how different cultures of the past use herbs for healing. And as you go down that route, it's, uh, 
it's inevitable that you're eventually going to find out that these communities, these past cultures, our past ancestors were also using other plants for uh, healing mental illnesses or spiritual maladies as well. And uh, as most people know, or as most people may not know, a lot of these plants are what the West would consider psychedelic or psychotropic or hallucinogenic. And uh, I become... At this time, I became really interested in these different kinds of plants. You know, ayahuasca, uh, mushrooms. I was always interested in mushrooms because I dabbled a bit in my teenage years. But uh, peyote, San Pedro, these other things. And back in December of 2015, going into January of 2016, I had just graduated uh, college. It was like my first time not being in school since I was a, a toddler, basically. And was kind of just having that feeling of um, that feeling that many graduates feel of not knowing exactly what to do with their lives right after college. And uh, it was winter time. I was in a super inward and uh, reflective state, and was going through like a disappointment with a certain relationship in my life. And uh, this was at like the peak while I was studying a lot of um, shamanism and different spiritual practices with these plants. And one day the idea just popped in my mind to, uh, you know, look up that ayahuasca stuff that I used to read about, you know, when I was younger and then I was kind of beginning to read about again. And uh, those who don't know, ayahuasca is a traditional plant medicine from the Amazon, which is a visionary plant medicine that is used for various healing purposes. And we can go into that a bit if we want as well, but um, I became really interested in it and wanted to travel down to South America to possibly experience it. And I eventually found a place that seemed like a really safe and well-renowned and respected retreat center that offered this medicine in an indigenous setting. And I went down to Ecuador that February and had a 10-day retreat focused on ayahuasca ceremonies, San Pedro ceremonies, temescals, which are sweat lodges, and some other healing modalities. And that was basically my first real introduction to some of these ancient ceremonies. And it has been a part of my life ever since. So I know that's a long, long-winded answer, but... No, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The, the journey is so deep, it's kind of hard to... Um, specify or focus on exactly which parts of it i should even share <laughs> no i'm glad you're taking your time with it and um and that's you know part of the reason that i wanted to bring you on is that you know i i have tremendous respect for for these plants and the and the cultures that use them and i it's a shame i don't always want to villainize people who don't respect it as much but it's a shame when people just see these plants as like recreational which they can be you know like i'm not saying yeah you know you can't have fun with with plants man I'm, i would never tell someone not to not to live their life but like i also really appreciate when people take them for for the the, the benefits that they have and the seriousness and like the the sacred that comes with them yes of course because without that sacred understanding um some of these things many of these things can be dangerous right actually mm -hmm. and um what people don't understand is, you know, a lot of people see maybe the form of uh, there being a formal ceremony with these plants as kind of like woo-woo or unnecessary or like uh, theatrical, but mm -hmm. it's really not. Right. Um, 
it's uh, everything in ceremony is there for a purpose and a reason. And it's all centered around honoring the sacred. It's all centered around reverence because without that and without the, um, the guidance of maybe someone who's been through these things, yeah, many of these things can be dangerous because you're not in your ordinary state of consciousness. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're also meant to be used with intention and not only for getting fucked up and high. All I right. mean, not, not, not for those purposes at all. So mm-hmm. the, uh, the reverence of it is a necessity. And that is the reason why I decided to travel down to South America. I wanted to make a commitment. I didn't want to go to a Brooklyn basement and drink ayahuasca. Definitely <laughs> like, not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, which is a lot of us going on. I'm not, I'm not knocking anybody. But right. when, when you have something that is so sacred and not from this land, so accessible to you, you kind of... Uh, you don't prepare in the same way as you would if you were actually going down to the area in which these powerful medicines come from right. and and sitting with people who have a multi-generational lineage mm-hmm. uh, yeah. which has trained them in how to conduct these ceremonies in a safe way. You don't have that same level of preparation and respect, I believe, if you um, are eating McDonald's at 3 p.m. and going to drink ayahuasca at 7 p.m. Exactly, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, you're not yeah, respecting yourself or the or the plan at that point. Yeah, completely, and 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 that's where many um, things can go awry, and where you yeah. hear some of these some of these stories. You know, people who are uh, doing these things without the proper respect, preparation, and um, just having the right people around them as well. So for me, I wanted to really go down to the source and um, connect with these these plants and these traditions in a very authentic way. And uh, I always say uh, that going into ceremony and experiencing some of these um, traditions felt like a return to home for me. I felt like something ancestral was awakened within me. And it's, uh, it's been like the real cornerstone of my life, I would say, ever since. Um, because I think so many of us, you know, I'm still, I still fall victim to this sometimes. Uh, we just go through our life without ever understanding where everything comes from. You know, like we go and we get a we get a avocado toast at a nice uh, deli or something, and we don't think about that. Like the earth provided me this food. Right. We don't we don't even give thanks for it. You know, and if we do give thanks for it, we 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 say thanks to the the ak at the deli. You know, which we should, mm-hmm. of course, but. Uh, it's important. It's, a, it's important to give thanks directly to, you know, the earth and to spirit, which is providing these things. Because when we have an, an understanding that everything we consume, everything that sustains us on a physical and spiritual level comes from something far beyond us, we typically tend to care for the earth in a more respectful manner, you know? And, uh, yeah, man, just going down to South America and learning about these different plant medicines and experiencing uh, these sacred teachers, other than the deep healing that I received on a physical and emotional level, they also shifted my perspective in a way where I just begun to honor the life that surrounds us all and honor the uh, earth that provides us so much sustenance. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, that's that's a beautiful thing. I, I'm tr- I was imagining as you're speaking, like, damn, imagine if everyone on the planet still took part in or or was exposed to these types of sacred healing rituals. Like, what kind of world we would have? Yeah, I think about that often, man. <laughs> I'm sure. That's crazy. Well, just for the people listening, because I do want this episode to influence people to kind of have that conversation within themselves. um, Could you kind of speak on the healing and and your journey since like first going down and experiencing these ceremonies for yourself? Yeah, definitely, man. Um, Yeah, you know, it's a common question people ask me, like, what changed for you after experiencing ayahuasca and san pedro and the sweat lodges and all that stuff and uh for me you know i could only speak for myself because you ask that question to you know 100 other people who had you know these medicines and you're going to get 100 different answers because everyone has such a unique experience but for me it really shed light on what was most important for me within certain relationships in my life um, almost all my relationships, but it really shed light on what is most important in life to me. And that is having a healthy relationship with those you love and being able to express yourself honestly and openly and, uh, really, you know, really understand that if, if, if there's someone you really love and care about and, uh, there's something lacking in the relationship or something not being said that those things need to be faced and addressed because it's worth it. And life is too short not to do that. So for me, something that I experienced was or learned from the medicine directly was just how to better, um, connect with the people I love. And it's something that I think I've, I've always attempted to do, but, uh, you know, these, these plant medicines definitely also have a tinge of allowing you to kind of understand the, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? The, uh, how, how fleeting life can be, you know, you sometimes have a, uh, you sometimes encounter a figurative death while you're on these, these medicines in some capacity. And through actually uh, having to face the possibility, or not the possibility, but the certainty that you will not be here one day in a physical vessel and your loved ones won't either, that has uh, placed me into a perspective of making the most out of every minute with those I love. So um, it kind of made me like stop sweating so much of the small stuff at least on a certain level, you know, even as I say that, I know there's moments in my life still where I do do that. Right. But, um, in, in a general level, that's something that helped me a lot with, um, on a, uh, let's just get like materialistic for a second, you know, on just like a material level, uh, definitely helped with my, with my physical vessel. You know, um, I received a lot of deep, deep cleaning specifically from, uh, grandmother ayahuasca as they referred to her because, uh, for those who don't know, this blend of these two plants which form uh, the medicine of ayahuasca is considered a purgative in the Amazon. And that is something that makes you purge or throw up. And uh, that is a deep process of the experience is this process of 
release this process of detoxification. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's pretty gnarly, you know, you drink the medicine specifically Oscar, uh, I would say maybe eight out of 10 people throw up. I mean, it's a very common experience. And it's interesting because the medicine is certainly cleaning you out and we can get into some of the science of it if necessary, but it's certainly cleaning you out on a very physical level, but paired with the physical action of purging and vomiting is a psychological aspect. Many times as people are throwing up, they're envisioning uh, some type of release of trauma or of pain or of grief or something they've been holding on to. And, uh, you know, since this is a medicine that contains uh, dimethyltryptamine, DMT, which is a very strong psychoactive uh, molecule, uh, you have visions while you're on this medicine as well. And sometimes as people are throwing up and they look in their bucket, they even see the things that they've released, you know, which is which is pretty intense, yeah. you know, there, 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 there's Definitely a palpable, good. yeah, there's like a, there's a real palpable sense of knowing, like I'm releasing this uh, piece of grief, this trauma. And sometimes you don't know exactly what you're releasing, but sometimes you do. And that pairing of having a physical cleansing while also having a psychological cleansing for me was uh, very, very healing just to say the least. And, um, I also want to just put out there that none of this stuff is like a, a magic bullet or panacea and that uh, you experience a couple of ceremonies and you're healed from all this stuff. You know, it's, it's an ongoing process. But what, what I believe these plant teachers do and these medicines do is that they provide you a key to a doorway that you can enter and then you have to kind of earn that right to stay in that place. Mm. So typically on the medicine, you'll receive certain messages of certain things. Maybe you need to change in your life, things that you yourself already knew without even having to take the medicine. But, you know, as a wise grandmother or grandfather would do, they kind of just school you a bit. And then it's up to you to take that advice or not. So um, for me, uh, when I experience some of these ceremonies and teachings, uh, yes, I receive a physical cleansing. I receive like a sense of spiritual nourishment, you know, just the, the active community and gathering in circle and sharing stories and songs is all very, very beautiful. But where the meat of the benefits come in is actually implementing the things I've learned because as you know, you know, you could tell somebody exactly what they need to do. Um, but, whether or not they do it is completely up to them. So for me, um, that's where a lot of the benefits have come in is also keeping myself responsible and uh, disciplined. If there's something I know that I can do to help me to kind of pay my respects to the, uh, the source or the spirit that kind of let me know that and take action towards taking some of those steps. Because um, I don't really feel like, I don't really believe in the, the concept of sin too much, but I do on a level. And, and what I do believe is a sin is to receive a massive blessing or uh, a piece of guidance from spirit itself and not follow up on that suggestion, you know? So, yeah, I hear um, that. I definitely agree with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we, we all know just on an everyday level, you experience uh 
you experience a tough lesson, right? Like mm. you, you, you do something stupid that you end up paying for. And at that point, you could decide like, oh, am I going to do this again? Or am I going to learn from the lesson? And if you don't, the lesson comes back in a way tougher and even more painful way, you know? So, um, yeah, man, I'm, 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 I'm rambling a bit now, but those are like a couple of the benefits I've, I've received. No, I really appreciate what you, what you think is rambling, man. I think people are going to as well. <laughs> This is this is really I'm I really can't express enough how grateful I am because I I don't know too many people who could who a have had these experiences or b who could relay them in such a um, you know absorbable way. You have a way with words, sir. Mm, thank you, man. That's <laughs> no problem. I mean, and that's uh, I mean, that, that's something that just uh, also is a deep lesson I received um, from the medicine. If I can share. Is that, um, you know, something I've been realizing as well is that, uh, you know, we all have these insecurities, right? Everyone has insecurities surrounding certain things, whether they want to admit it or not. But personally, on my path, that is something I've experienced deeply is feeling like I don't have the uh, capability of articulating myself exactly how I want to. And uh, sometimes doubting that. And realizing that that is just some type of fabrication I had made in my mind out of, I don't know, something I experienced in childhood or some type of fear. Because uh, when I have people like you who I really respect and others as well who say something like that, that I have a way with words that I'm, I'm speaking in an articulate manner, that really helps me see that a lot of these insecurities I have and others have are just like fears that aren't based in any reality, mm-hmm. you know? So um, that's something the medicine has taught me as well. It's like, yo, man, stop judging yourself so much. Right? Like, <laughs> like, you're good, you know? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I try and yeah, tell that, other and people it, that too. Like, we're our own. We're, and not, I don't want to say everyone feels this way, but I feel like more people than not, like, we're horrible to ourselves. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, we don't man. deserve it, man. It's yeah, crazy. completely, man. Yeah, I think uh, we all can do better at uh, treating ourselves with some love and compassion and less judgment. Completely. Seriously. Seriously. Well, I really appreciate that. And then I, that question was going to lead me into, and you kind of touched on this, but what's one of the, doesn't necessarily have to be from plant medicines or from that experience, but what is one of the most important things that you think you've ever learned? Oh, oh man. <laughs> I got to throw <laughs> some, things, I got to throw some, some tough ones in there. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure, man. They're, they're, they're all, they're all kind of deep questions, which, um, I know also like, uh, a lot of these questions can lead to us having like a four hour Joe Rogan yeah. podcast, you know? So that's why I'm kind of like jumping around. Like when I tell my story of, of my journey, you know, because it's, there's so much that goes into it. But, um, One of the biggest lessons I've learned, (laughs) I would say, hmm, well, one micro lesson, which is is not going to be the answer I give you, but one micro lesson I've been learning lately is uh, to pause before speaking or answering a uh, pretty big question. You know, sometimes we just want to like give an answer right away that we don't give ourselves time to think. So um, I'll practice that right now. Just take a breath and, and think about this question. That itself was amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a jewel that's been given to me for sure. Um, well, 
I would say a lesson that I can't say that I can't remember a point in which I learned it. Maybe it's just an, an essence that I've been carried since a kid. But I have this belief that uh, any message you want to deliver to somebody is always a peaceful and uh, gentle manner that it can be delivered in. And I bring that up because sometimes we have like a really deep or heartfelt message you want to give to someone, specifically a loved one. Sometimes it can come off either as judgmental, condescending. It can be delivered in a in an angry way or annoyed manner. And then the message isn't received as well. So something for me that I've been practicing throughout much of my life is, uh, is delivering my messages to people in a way that they can digest that is uh, unique to them. So kind of seeing like, what does this person need right now? What is the type of language they need to receive this message in? And let me tweak my message so that they are more able to uh, receive it in a wholesome way. Because sometimes we let our emotions get the best of us and we just like spit something out at somebody and, uh, and then they get defensive, you know? And uh, something I've learned early and I'm still continuing to learn now is uh, just how to best deliver some of my words to people, even if it's not something confrontational or uh, conflictual, but anything you know just learning like how will this person best receive the words i have to say and uh that takes conscious effort because as you see i mean things are so inflammatory right now and in the media and in uh, just society in general i think a lot of it comes because people don't think like how can i best deliver this message in a peaceful manner it's more so just like oh I'm my ego and I want to get my message out. I don't care how you receive it, you know, um, <laughs> which to a certain extent, we love some of those people who are like unapologetic and just speak their mind. But for me personally, I think um, there's a lot of power and weight in actually considering how uh, the, the listener of your words can actually best receive what you're expressing. So I really appreciate what, that. I appreciate yeah, that answer a lot. It, Great, man. No, seriously, I it's and it's so funny because I know I was literally having this conversation the other day. Like it's wild that that was your answer because the other day <laughs> I'm just gonna give you a personal story. But I, I was talking with my mom and she, I was we were talking about my podcast and some of my episodes. I'm talking about really important issues, but I get emotional and angry while I'm talking about it. And she's like, "Will you gotta be a little less belligerent? Like you're, just, you know, like you're not. They're not there. Like you know, you gotta judge your tone." But in the moment, I was like, "Whatever, mom. Like you don't get it, man. Like I'm trying to reach people." <laughs> it's like yeah. as I as I moved away from the conversation, I was like, "God, she fuck. She's right. Like I need to chill out. I need to." So I, it's funny you say it because I've been trying to be really careful. Like I said, like and take I have intention with my words and, like you said, man, you can. You can lose a you can lose somebody really quickly even if you're saying the perfect thing if you yep. don't say it the right way. Yeah, completely, man. And and that's not to say um uh, not to be passionate about mm-hmm. what you're sharing, you know, because passion itself is is a powerful way of conveying what you mean, you know. But mm-hmm. it's just it's just having control about that, you know. It's just it's just having control over how you um you know, controlling your passion rather than it controlling you. Basically. Seriously, 
No, it's, it's you're you're on point, man. And uh, and I, I listen. I needed that, so I appreciate it. I needed that. Uh, you you co-signing my mom on that because she's gonna hear this and be like, I fucking told him. He's hearing it from someone else. <laughs> yeah, that's bad, buddy. Well, that, that's usually how uh, certain lessons we need come to us. Uh, they be, they get they uh, begin to be repeated from various sources. You know. Seriously. No. Which, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was speaking yeah. on that the other day to a friend. I was saying like sometimes I'll say something and it doesn't even feel like it's me saying it. Like I'm like this mm-hmm. is coming from somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, man, hundred percent. Yeah, I would say um, you know I'm not going to go too deep into it, but that's uh, a big thing that plant medicine, spirituality, meditation, practices of connecting with self has uh, helped me with is allowing that higher and more truer voice come out of you naturally to the point where sometimes you say something or you write something and you're like damn was that me or was that something else you know and uh a lot of these practices help you get into that state more often where you're allowing uh source you know a great spirit creator god whatever you want whatever name you want to give it when you get into these states you allow that um that source just to speak straight through you you know so mm. yeah man so, so for some of my listeners who might not be as familiar with these practices and these, what, what are some ways, and everyone's on their own path, but for someone, for anyone for, who's trying to kind of begin a path to spirituality or self-betterment or self-fulfillment, what's a recommendation that you'd make for them? Mm, well, I think I'll make uh, three right away, or at least two right away. Cool. And the first, the first would be to get your physical self right, you know, get your health right. Because at the end of the day, you could have, uh, you know, you can have the most like top of the line, uh, let's say like gardening hose, you know, I don't know, that's just an example that's coming through my mind that I may have heard before, but like, you could have this awesome like gardening hose, right? Mm-hmm. That like, you know, the water like flows through it beautifully and it could water like a huge field. But if that shit is blocked with some mud and like a bunch of nasty gunk, it doesn't matter how nice the piece of equipment is, you know, the water's not going to be able to flow through it. So you got to get your, your physical vessel right so that you're able to receive these like states of peace and bliss and uh, guidance from, from things that are beyond you. So as I said, in my own personal story, um, getting my health right and changing my diet and finding a diet for me that worked well was crucial for uh, my spiritual practices. So, you know, I'm not going to give anyone any specific dietary advice um, because everyone is different. And mm. I'm definitely not dogmatic when it comes to diet. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not even vegan any longer. I actually eat meat now. And uh, the same reasons that pushed me to become a vegan pushed me to begin eating meat once again. Because I was never someone who was dogmatic and said, you know, this is the way I'll always be. Uh, I've always been someone who said, I'm just going to listen to my body. You know, so the body itself will direct people to what they need to be uh, consuming to nourish themselves. So hopefully people can educate themselves on that level as well. And um, that would be the first step. The second step would be to simply get still. And by get still, I mean, spend some time just sitting in one place, not on your phone, not with a notebook, not even with a book not watching anything, just pure silence, get still. You can breathe, you can even think, you know, you don't even need to meditate at first. You can let your mind go crazy. But 
just get still. You know, we're living in a society where there's just constant movement all the time. No one ever just like takes a moment to to just sit with themselves. And uh, I think that's like the cornerstone of the oldest spiritual practices is just simply sitting with yourself and seeing what comes up. And uh, from there, I would say, of course, like, you know, maybe start practicing some meditation, some mindfulness practices, you know, focusing on your breath, things like that. Super beginner steps um, of meditation, which are so accessible nowadays through these various apps and lectures and books you can study and then you can go on and do it by yourself. But I would say, yes, secondly, get still because that's what's going to connect you with the deeper aspects of yourself um, that sometimes get lost when you're just like busy, busy, busy all the time. Mm. And uh, third, to connect with, uh, you know, spirit or to strengthen your spirituality would be to get out into nature, man. I mean, it's really that simple. Get out of the city, get out of the, the concrete jungle, get out of the streets, get out of your house and go to a forest or a park or a body of water because in nature you see the cyclical movements of uh, life itself you know just being amongst the the birds and seeing them like look for seeds and food and building their nest and seeing the the trees the way they grow and they reach for the sun and how you know in the fall they drop their leaves and they go into a state of rest and then by spring and summer, the trees wake up and they start pulling more water from the ground. And the leaves grow back and they embrace the light again. You know, all of these cycles of nature are uh, very symbolic in a way for uh, the lives of humans as well, because they're symbolic on a psychological level of understanding, but they're also literal because we are a part of nature. I mean, even like uh, on my podcast with my homie Blank, you know, he's an incredible farmer. We were speaking about nature. We were speaking about the idea that people even need to like feel the need to go into nature, you know, not even knowing that they are a piece of nature. Mm-hmm. And that that's like a pretty sad sign of how disconnected we are that we even need to like travel to a park or a forest or something, you know, whereas like back in the day, it was just surrounding us all the time and we knew we were a part of it. But yeah, man, I would say connecting with nature on some type of level, at least, I mean, I almost like I'm embarrassed to say, it, but at least like once a week, I mean, it should be a lot more than that, but at least once a week, like spending an hour in nature, even if you live in the city, just going to a park, I don't care if it's Central Park, it could be wherever, you know, but just connecting with like some wildlife and trees and flowers and all of that, I feel like uh, nourishes your deepest self because we're dealing with an organism, you know, the, the human biology of ourselves that has uh, been immersed in nature for millions of years. And within the past, you know, 150, 200 years, we've become completely detached from that immersion in nature. And it's having immense consequences on both our physical health and our emotional and mental health. So, um, yeah, I think those three things, you know, getting your health right, uh, getting still with yourself, you know, and just getting quiet and silent and uh, getting out into nature are three things that could directly help someone become in tune with their own form of spirituality. Um, because as you said, everyone is different. You know, I don't think everyone needs to drink plant medicine. I don't think everyone needs to uh, pray to Jesus. You know, everyone doesn't need to practice, you know, 
Buddhist meditation, everyone needs to find their own spiritual practice. Right. And uh, those three things I feel like can help people do that. And they will, man. And I'm, I'm really grateful that you came on and that you shared that. You think shared your story and you shared those those ways we can get. I mean, I'm just, I'm very grateful, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And in the spirit of your podcast, I wanted to ask you um, this last question because you ask it to your guests. Um, who are three people that you'd like to shout out and show some love to? Mm, well, uh, first, well, man, thank you for allowing me to be on. And I'll reiterate that message again when we close. But it's uh, uh, such, such a pleasure to have this conversation with you. And I'm honored to be asked uh, my own question. <laughs> um, three people that I want to shout out and show some love to. The first is a, is a duo. It's a group, actually. Um, Blue and Exile. I'm not sure if you're familiar of with Of course. Them. Definitely. Um, yeah, yeah, Blue and Exile just dropped an amazing album called Miles. Oh. And... Um, it's it's killer man it is such a good album i'm like it is rare that you listen to music or a piece of music an entire album and you can really feel how much work went into it like i'm beyond impressed by this piece of music so i would love to shout shout them out um it would be a dream to have like both of them or one of them on my podcast one day um Maybe I can plant that seed right now. Was, Hopefully it'll happen. As you said it, I was like, I know this is gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. We're gonna we're gonna make this happen together and I'm gonna give you credit. I'm gonna give you credit when it happens, man. <laughs> All right. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Um then uh I'll definitely say as well, um you know, a lot of people on on my podcast are shouting out people that like everyone knows or maybe like people in popular culture, but I want to shout out my homie Everest. Uh, he's somebody that, you know, only my close people know. You know, he's not uh, someone who's, like, crazy active on social media, but he's been, like, a really supportive friend for me in these past couple months. So um, that's someone who who is on my mind and heart today. So shout out to my homie Everest. He's been holding me down in a lot of beautiful ways lately. And um, lastly, hmm, hmm. Man, there's so many people I got so much gratitude for, man. It's it's a tough question. Uh, maybe someone who I've been listening to that's been inspiring me is um this guy named Michael Mead, uh, M E A D E, who I suggest people tune into. He's like uh he's like an expert mythologist and storyteller. He's like a oh. carrier of, of ancient stories and um expert in like death psychology and um really like well versed when it comes to um the traditions of initiation and rites of passages in like other past uh communities and this guy has like he he has like a story like a mythological story for like any anything someone's going through in life and he like shares some of these stories on youtube and on his podcast and uh he's like someone who I would consider a true elder and um, who I've been like receiving a lot of deep gems from recently just through like checking out his YouTube lectures and his podcast. So yeah, that's Michael Mead, man. Shout out to him. That's just I a couple love that. random. I need random that. Ones. No, I'm glad <laughs> yeah, that I'm, you, I'm glad he came in there too. I definitely need that. I actually thought of one last question for you. Yeah, please, man, please. I was, I don't know what you wanted to be referred to in the podcast, but <laughs> would you be willing to go into the history behind your name? Yeah, yeah, sure, man. I'll, I'll keep it brief because it's something that is like also incredibly um, deep and also continues to transform. But uh, 
you know, basically, uh, I mentioned, this is part of the story most people don't hear. I mentioned that uh, when I was like 15 or 14, I wanted to like be a rapper. <laughs> and I was like, you know, like rapping with my homie Blank and my other homie Age. And uh, my, uh, my name at the time, like my MC name was Fifth Dimension because I was super like into like quantum physics and like I was studying all this strange like metaphysical stuff back then. And uh, Fifth Dimension was an ill name. But um, one day, one of my brothers uh, had his friends over. And somehow they found out that I was calling myself this. And they were just, like, clowning me, man. Like, it wouldn't stop, like, making fun of me. And uh, I remember just, like, getting tight and feeling embarrassed. And I was like, yo, I'm just dropping the dimension. Like, it sounds super corny. I'm just going to call myself Fifth. And um, so only, like, a couple homies, like, knew, like, knew me by Fifth, you know? Mm-hmm. Until I know, like only like two or three homies until I went to college, and um, and when I went to college in 2011, that was when Twitter was like really popping, and I was like really active on there, and I was making a Twitter handle, and um, you know the, the username Fifth was obviously taken, it's a pretty generic name, so I just put God at the end of it, like just as like a placeholder, you know, like no intention of that being my name, you know, but um. I met history and I met all these people and they were like following me on Twitter and they just started calling me fifth God and the name just stuck. It's a pretty <laughs> awesome name. It's a good name yeah. to have stick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And it started to make sense in so many other ways, which like, I won't go into all of them, but I'm um, like, I'm, I'm the fifth son in my family, you know? So like, I come from a community where everyone knows my older brothers, you know, and I grew up like going to school. By the time I came around, I was like the fifth one with my last name, you mm-hmm. know? So, um, you know, and people like know like my family around where I'm at. So like people kind of always considered me as like the fifth son. So that's where the name comes in as well. But yeah, man, I, I, I like to go by fifth. I also am just as happy to go by Andrew, honestly. Cool. <laughs> yeah, no, I I wanted to kind of bring it bring it in as like the legend of Fifth God, man. Because when I first heard about you, I'm telling you, it's like you're a mythological person to to people that don't know yeah, you very people, well. At people first, have, people have used that exact word like so many different times when it comes to me, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing it's also because I used to like not share my voice as much as I do now, like back then. You know, like I was a little bit more mysterious on purpose, but. uh you know, with this podcast and as they start to like, you know, venture around, people meet me in person, they realize I'm not like as mythological as, as it comes off. <laughs> I don't know, man. I might think even more so now that I've actually had this conversation with you. This has been, <laughs> this has been great. I'm telling you. Yeah, thank you, man. I really, I really appreciate it, Will. And I feel like, um, I feel like, um, and I'm truly, I'm not just saying this, but I feel like you have a gift and a skill in just holding these interviews and, uh, I really like your style, man, and I look forward to continuing to delve into your podcast myself, and I wish you nothing but the most success and uh, pleasure during this journey of yours, man. You flatter me, and the same, I say the same to you, man, I can't wait to, to hear future episodes, and it's, it's really a point of pride that we started around the same time, because I get, it's like, I'm not a believer in like competition. I think I'm in competition with myself, but I like having I people that I respect. Where I'm like, oh, all right, all right, he has that person. Okay, all right. No um, doubt, man. No <laughs> doubt. <laughs> it's healthy, man. It's yeah. Healthy. And uh, yeah, it's it's an honor. Like I was so excited to see that you were starting podcasts around the same time as me because I'm all about camaraderie and, and showing support, man. Exactly. So, uh, exactly. You got my support, man. Appreciate you, man. I really appreciate it. 
having the support of Fifth God is, uh, I don't even really know how to verbalize how that feels, but thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I'm forever grateful. This was an amazing episode. I learned a ton. I'm sure the listeners did as well. I'm so grateful for you all and for myself to have had this experience. Uh, the music you all were hearing was the fifth tape, Fifth God's debut album. You can find the link to it in the description and more information about him as well. Please keep tuning in. Keep keep coming and rocking with me. Um, like, comment, subscribe if you do enjoy the podcast. And uh, thank you to Fifth God again for making this an unforgettable experience for me. I will see you all next week. Thank you again for tuning in, and have a wonderful rest of your week, everybody. Peace. On the car, shoveling the snow off the shoe jumpers Freestyling while I fuck with the farm Dual numbers, bare coats on my compadres Few runners, I put the ball in the crib With a vision of new hummers Now a legion of believers that tag along To the leader of check, whoever come out they neck Know the procedure, I put the ball in your crib I'm Jake in a pair of 13s I tell you big states where you going That's what the word be Say it and I mean it and you do it The truest, like how I made a way to what I needed And I cooped it Room smell like Eve Saint Laurent when I'm in it So your joint is asking me to play along Stay and kick it, I mean Fully loaded as far as a verse Money the model, but know that my heart in it first Hands on it for the win till I'm off in the dirt But know that legends never die, so all of this work <laughs> Do remember, right? Brooklyn, 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 Part of my ways, I've been going through things And I think it's time to pray like mama back in the days I'm getting back to them days where getting money was sin And that is all I can say when they think I'm their friend Never, nah, nah, cause all my niggas better And all these hoes bounced all your bitch probably sweaters You in the rockin' leather with your grown man sweater I'm in the getting cheddar like nobody fed us Like nobody get us, can't you see we getting richer? I be talking in the future so they don't get the picture You be stuck in the past, nah, stalking all those bitches well, I'll be on the hunt, nigga, stalking all those millions It's nothing, fuck it, no tears, no buckets Whippy till she's special, so the hoes gotta love it She said she want a bad boy, I told her I ain't puffy But raised in the sky, so you still gotta love me Yeah, homie, don't get it twisted Flow rip rappers like rich kids on Christmas Every witness, I play witness to this witness Now know what wit is, and put this shit on a wish list Wishing that they could spit this Loose it, true it, to the blueprint on the scriptures 50 Tyson and Tyson are Kenneth's nuisance be gifted You bet I walk with a limp, I'm all about my biz, kid Bury the pills before mama come with them biscuits Being a dope boy, get your brother killed by them bridges Niggas hustle for sense, before they hustle they senses Thinking that we can't fix it, like we a bunch of monkeys But don't know what a rich is yeah, we care about our females, dog, but we ain't bitches Had rocks before the rock, and we was bleak before Memphis You poppers got it twisted, tone it down on your existence Understand that a boss was once another boss apprentice Cause shit is wicked on these mean streets But I'm marching like Malcolm if need be Drunk all of you for the fountain, all for you to be counting On me moving the mountain, went up on these beats They agree with what I'm writing like a retweet Just see the copy of what I'm writing on they receipts Any rapper that see, they can burn
me your knees peace Got a better chance of hearing a sermon from Chief Keep Seek Grief Every time critical speaking, rip beats Way too glad it's nice in the pips For your pips tweaks Mogul's the gladdest nice to his slip Like the pips be a click Full of underground kings is what this pips see Sick, nigga,